All right, time for Downton Abbey Instant Take Series Six, Episode Two. That that's correct. Yes, the, the two inning, <laughs> the fight in second. Yes, absolutely. So, um, like a lot happened, except also nothing happened. <laughs> right. Yeah, a lot of. I mean, I liked it, but it was a lot of restating the existing conflicts. Yes. In new scenes. Indeed. Uh, well, we'll start out with the Houston wedding venue. Mm-hmm. Are we good with Houston? Yeah, we can go with that. I like it better than Car Hughes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So yeah, Houston. Houston, it we'll is. We'll put Mrs. Hughes first, which nobody else is doing. That's right. So. Carson is talking to Lord Grantham at breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary is taking breakfast downstairs again, it seems. Yes. So I guess she got tired of getting a tray. <laughs> um, so they're all there having their breakfast and opening their mail. And Lord Grantham asks Carson about the wedding. Carson says, you know, they're still deciding where to have the reception. And Lord Grantham's like, oh, have it here. We'll, like, decorate the servants' hall. <laughs> and Carson leaves and Mary's like, for serious? Yeah. That is not cool, Dad. Yeah. Like, don't say that. And he's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Mary later offers Carson the use of any room mm-hmm. at Downton Abbey. And he is, of course, enthused. Yes. Because she is, you know, his surrogate daughter. Right. But Mrs. Hughes is not thrilled. No, she's because not. Because she doesn't like the blessed Lady Mary, <laughs> which I don't blame her for. Right. Like, they're two, you know, positively charged ions. They are. And, you know, and she says uh, the, the best you know, line of her case is she doesn't want to be a servant on her wedding day. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's solid. Like yep. I no, And she, you know, she wants to go have a reception in a place where they can decorate it how they want. And it's really theirs. Mm-hmm. And Carson is just like, he can't, you know, he's always over identified with this family. Right. In right. a way that Mrs. Hughes never did. Yeah. When it's, they're talking about how she's just like, this place isn't us, this grand hall and all this sort of thing. And Carson's like, it's not. Yeah. No, I mean, for Carson, it is. That's his whole thing is he, he identifies with, the, you know, he knows that he's the butler there, mm-hmm. but that's his home and that, you know, he thinks of upstairs as his home more than, you know, the place where he actually mm-hmm. like sleeps. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So, uh, this hasn't been decided by the end of the episode. There yeah. have been a number of arguments between Mrs. Hughes and Carson. Yeah. She uh, has told Carson to refuse flat out and he does not do that. Right. He hems and haws and then Lady Mary is like, nope, it's going to be in the hall. I've decided. Yeah. She's like, leave Mrs. Hughes to me. And I'm like, I don't think this is going to end well. Yeah. So we'll see where it is. I hope Mrs. Hughes gets her way on this. I definitely agree. Um, and it looks like from next week on, the wedding is next week. Yeah, yeah. So, so we'll, we'll be getting our answer either way. Indeed. Uh, next up, we have the Fat Stock Show. <laughs> That's right, everybody. Oh, the pigs, the pigs, the glorious pigs. <laughs> so some guy whose name we don't know shows up oh, and wants yeah. to see the agent. And there's all this, you know, oh, times are changing, aren't they? Yeah, because it's Mary. Uh, so. Yeah, it's Britishing. Yeah. Um, they British about that for a bit. And then he's like, well, I'd like to have a late stock show, fat stock show. Yeah. And I don't know what it's for. Like morale? Yeah, it's like, yeah, they said it's an experiment because it's usually at a different time of the year. Yeah. It's, uh. Literally none of that even matters. Right. Like, none of it matters. Not the fact that Mary 
wins first prize despite having done nothing except saving those pigs one time yeah well i mean you know still if those pigs were dead they probably wouldn't win first prize they're her pigs <laughs> they are uh the fat stock show seems to exist solely as a device right for the next plot line mrs pigman baby stealer yeah uh so there's this whole thing where mary goes down to the drew's farm to talk to him about showing the, the pigs, pigs. And they take George and Marigold. Because George wants to see the pigs, which is perfectly natural. They're weird, hairy pigs. Yeah. You know? I would go look at them as well. Yeah. So McGee and Mary take Marigold and George down to the farm. Edith is in London. Yeah. And, like, knows that they're going. But, like, they're there. And good old Mrs. Pigman creepily sees Marigold and goes all Nell on her ass. Right. To an extent. But it's not even anything. Ex- it's she's not just that like, big of a hey, deal. you know, peekaboo or whatever. Well, you know, she did look really desperate in her face. Yeah, but I, you know, she sort of just always looks that way, doesn't she? I know. She? Look, anyway, the <laughs> point is, McGee suddenly decides this is a problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so instead of any of the other problems that she might be able to have some sort of material effect on, mm-hmm. decides that the best thing to do is have LG go down and be like, hey, Mr. Drew, I know we had that whole plot line about how your family's been here for like a hundred years, <laughs> um, but can you leave now because you're making my weird, you know, promiscuous daughter uncomfortable? <laughs> and Mr. Drew's like, oh, I can't see any way to that, my lord. And yeah. Lord Gotham's like, quite right. Yeah, and he's like, oh, leave Mrs. Drew to me. I can handle her. It's Which, like, if we've learned anything, yeah. she's unhandleable. Yeah, certainly by Mr. Drew. Yeah. So anyway, they're all at the fat stock show. Yes. And Lady Mary wins. They announce first prize first. And then before we can even find out who won second prize. Right? Uh, like, who Edith, else was in the ring? That's what Edith I want to know. realizes that Marigold is gone. Yeah. And I thought maybe it was going to be a situation where Marigold had just wandered off and right, Mrs. Be- Drew found her. Yeah, because it it kind of, like, the there is a edited, shot of Marigold just wandering off. Yeah. Anyway, but- what in fact unfortunately happened is that Mrs. Pigman steals Marigold, gets in the truck, and drives her back to Utree Farm. Yeah. Uh, everybody runs around for a second looking for Marigold. Again, what you know more's the pity for the second prize pig winner yeah who probably didn't even like probably that was the first prize but they couldn't have the fat stock show without lady mary (laughs) the dowager's garden all over again i know anyway uh finally Pigman puts two and two together Mm -hmm. and makes four rather than 53 (laughs) which is something edith bizarrely accuses mary of earlier yes uh Anyway, he's like, oh, you know, Margie, I can't do his accent. Yeah, yeah, right his, now. His, his weird. Anyway, he's like, oh, Margie definitely stole that baby. So they go back. Edith's like, let me come inside. And he's like, oh, yeah, because that's going to help. Yeah. So he goes in and Margie's there with the baby. And she's like, oh, you know, she was bored and nobody was paying any attention to her. And I'm like, yeah, that's what everybody. Where are your kids? Yeah. I mean, I know they're, they were at, at a neighbor's house. house. It was but... disgust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, he manages to peel Marigold <laughs> off of her and give her back to the uh, Crawleys. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I guess we better take up another tenancy. And I'm like, I don't think that that yeah. look edith has stolen that baby three separate times yeah that's i think we give margie at least another one if not two shots that's right everybody should get the same number of shots as stealing the baby and whoever ends up with the baby wins yeah it's like hot potato <laughs> 
yeah, so I guess that's it for the Drews. I guess so. Man, I hope those pigs get all skinny now with their new pig man. <laughs> it's the Bethany Frankel pig rearing method. Skinny pigs. All right. Uh, sort of adjacent to that, Edith in London. She's yes. still having a lot of difficulties with her publisher. Yeah. Her editor. I'm sorry. Yeah, she's, she's the publisher. Right, right. But and he just hates her. Yeah. And like, you know, we see him yelling at her on the phone. We see him yelling at her in person. We don't really well, see him at all. and this is what's so insidious about sexism mm-hmm. is that like he can claim that he's simply having a professional difference of opinion with her yeah. on each of these. And anytime you went to somebody and were like, he just straight up hates working for a woman, he'd be like, no, I'm very modern. Because that's how we deal with sexism everywhere. It's like, you're a sexist. No, I'm not. Well, that checks out. Oh, well. I'm sorry. If you were a sexist. If you were a sexist, you would definitely be like, I hate women. Right. You would would be very clear and admit it. So Um, Anyway, so she's having difficulty there. She's leaving her flat empty for a bit and Mm -hmm. considering kind of living there. Uh, Rosamond cautions her that it's easy to get too good at living alone. So uh-huh. to be careful. But I'm like, I don't know, Rosamond. I don't think you need anybody. Yeah. Like, and she, like, she seemed a bit wistful, but not like that wistful, really. She's got a pretty good life. Yeah. She steals, you know, meat and vegetables from <laughs> Downton Abbey all the time. She, like, doesn't have to give a fuck about anyone. Yeah. She's got a new cook at the moment. Oh, yeah. She's stoked for her new cook. Yeah. Um, that was all that happened in London, right? Yeah. She, she happened just... to be there at the same time as Mary. Yeah, and that was like, why is this? But anyway, yeah, that seemed to be it. I mean, you know, there's going to be some kind of showdown with the editor, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So that was that was just a, a holding pattern. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, I don't episode. know why everybody was like, oh, the Drews need to leave. Why don't you just be like, Edith, if you want to keep this baby and not let it get stolen by Mrs. Drew all the time, why don't you just go to freaking London? Yeah. With the baby. Yeah. Well, and also there was all this thing about, oh, we can't explain this to Mary, but... The cover story still, like, Mary knows mm-hmm. that Marigold was staying with the Drews. Like, and that's... that Mrs., you know, Drew might be, like, attached to her. Like, right. it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, Edith's beer hall baby. <laughs> yeah. All right, next up we have Thomas's new groove. Uh, Thomas is concerned that he's losing his job still, and Carson is not being at all clear or helpful. Uh, if it, he's encouraging him in that belief, yeah. if anything. Anyway, so Thomas goes for an interview in Ripon with a guy who is unnecessarily unpleasant. Yeah. And, like, asks Thomas why he's not married. Yeah. And, and says like, that he's nobody seen- in service is married. And this guy... And he's like, well, it didn't used to be, but I am. Well, no, and I was like, were you a footman? Like, what's your damage? Right. Well, I mean, I guess he's saying that he's picking up a gay vibe from Thomas and he hates it. Like, that's... Yeah. But... Duh. Why would anybody like all footmen have a gay vibe? <laughs> right, that's why it's they're in the footmen. Job I know he's the under butler, but now, like, come but on, you know, y'all. he was—he's a former footman. But they want him to footman, chauffeur, and valet, and that is a job called assistant butler. Yeah, uh, Thomas is not having it. Yeah, but he also doesn't know if he'll have a job at Downton. So. Right, right. Baxter keeps trying to be nice to him, and Molesley's like, why? And we're like, yeah, why? And she's like, oh, you. Well, and, and we're like, that doesn't answer the question. And he also keeps trying to glom on to, what's this new guy's name? Oh, Andy. Andy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Andy's like, yeah, I'm an adult man. I don't, like, need your help. Right. And But I think, I think also... I don't know. I oh, think, has he perhaps been warned that he might get mouth-raped? I think that's... Yeah, I think that's what happened. And I think that... You know, I think that Thomas did, in fact, prove 
post mouth rape that he can be friends with a dude in a perfectly acceptable but way. But does he have to mouth rape him first? Well, I guess and they're that's not whatever. willing to test the <laughs> hypothesis. Yeah, I understand, but you can see why it is, you know, a burden on Thomas that he can't have a friend. Look, that would know. be look if that was where they went with it, but then he keeps being all weird about everyone else, like. I uh, I just I find it very frustrating. It's yeah. very scattershot. They could be doing something interesting with him. Yeah. He'd be great working in a shop. Yeah. I don't know why he doesn't do that because all you have to do to work in a shop is mask your contempt for humanity and then talk shit about them once they buy something. Yeah. It's the role he was born to play. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. We'll see if this improves. I don't we'll really see. have high hopes for it. I don't know. I seem to be, I was, I had no truck with it last week, but somehow this week I was, I've gotten more into it. Um, and just sort of, you know, the dilemma of being Thomas. Okay. So well, yeah. we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. Daisy, lackluster proletariat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Daisy is still upset about the fact that she, you know, sabotaged Mr. Mason. But I would say she sabotaged it by like 15% as McGee says right. you know if Mr. Henderson made up his mind he certainly wouldn't change his plans right I mean that's the thing is that they were hoping to change his mind he had already decided to kick him out they were hoping that they might you know change his mind yeah. but so anyway Daisy basically begs her way into speak to McGee and McGee doesn't know what to say right uh, and you know Daisy does say below stairs she's like but she's part of the system yeah that's what makes me so mad about it is the system and she's propping it up or something yeah something like that, that but was, it's which, a good point yeah but again Daisy's methods aren't like her ideology mm-hmm. is great yeah her methods of execution are not awesome well that's true but um, she's just one Daisy she is just one Daisy also Mosley's blah 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 her exams or something <laughs> yes that is that is correct that is what happened most notably in this storyline mcgee has moved on from cat pillows <laughs> to possibly a cat body pillow yeah or maybe like a whole comforter situation yeah like i don't she know she had old... a huge thing that she was embroidering yeah. so but she does seem to have had the so idea look out, bio tapestry that Mr. Mason could take on a new tenancy. Yeah. Which I'm assuming now, which I didn't oh, pick wait up a on during the thing, but yeah. oh, she's trying to get rid of Mr. Drew. Right. So Mr. Mason can come and Daisy can continue to be tethered to uh, the Crawley family for the rest of her days. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, that really is, I think, the overall overarching theme of this season is how can everyone you know be dragged into eternity <laughs> on this plot of land like ideally they would end it the same way as clone high ended with everybody just getting frozen yes <laughs> uh yeah so i'm not opposed to uh mr mason moving on to uh you know into grantham village basically right right uh, I hope that if that's what happens, we never hear about Mr. and Mrs. Pigman again. Yeah. Just like, because it's so nonsensical. It is very if nonsensical. If they were move the conversation forward at all, which would be making sure that Mrs. Uh, Pigman isn't like a crazy, yet another <laughs> uh, yeah. crazy middle class person right. hell bent on revenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's absurd to me. I understand being attached to this baby. Yeah. I don't understand why narratively speaking there couldn't have been some kind of accord yeah like not that they need to share custody or anything yeah but just being like hey you know this is the baby of my womb right um i'm in a weird position 
I handled it badly. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's just very frustrating. It is very to watch frustrating. It. I it can't just, believe we're still talking about it, and we've gone like four plot lines beyond. I it. know it was just it really stood out in the episode. Just I mean, it's more than any, it's just the characterization of Mrs. Drew is mm-hmm. very frustrating and dumb. Uh, Anna's womb. Mm-hmm. giving her some trubs yeah. yeah so remember how excited we were last week <laughs> when uh the plot line of murder prison was wrapped up right but don't worry uh julian fellows had written 12 more scenes <laughs> for the basis to weep in the boot room yeah i uh, why yeah why why can't they just be like can you not just let her get knocked up and not have it be a whole fucking thing right but you know no is the answer um so we didn't I, so okay just yeah. just so we all understand what julian fellows and neem's ideas about conception are right the moral lady does not want a baby like she's like guaranteed to have one right um the less that she i'm sorry the more she wants a baby the less she has the less she has and then if she really doesn't want a baby, then like, whoa, like she didn't even have sex and she got pregnant. Right. Well, that's generally the, the you know. Just some random semen in Piccadilly Circus were its way in there. <laughs> the historic, you know, uh, Christian point of view towards reproduction is, is just that inverse relationship. Yeah. Yeah. At any rate, uh, Anna has had two or three miscarriages, yes. according to Anna. I'm not calling her a liar. <laughs> Okay. No, I'm okay because let me explain the whole thing and sure. then I'll go back to my point about okay. how Anna okay. I think is lying. Yes. Um, I don't think the character is lying. I think the script does not understand what a miscarriage is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's upset with Bates and like she's like, oh, but you want children of your own, Mr. Bates? Because he's like, we can just adopt some kids. Will you fucking just stop crying? Like, how yeah. am I the most uplifting person <laughs> in this relationship all of a sudden? Yeah. So she's all fucking, oh, but you want, like, the fruit of your own loin. And no, but just shut up. Right. Like, ugh, can we just stop having this conversation on TV? I'm over it. What? No. <sighs> okay, so basically. So that's really, I mean, you listened to it more than I did. Once I saw him crying in the boot room, I like, know. my brain just, like, disengaged. I mean, I don't know that that's what they talked about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just filling in the blanks. Right. And I assumed that you would correct me. <laughs> nope. So Mary's all like, Anna, cheer up. Like, you're not going to murder prison. And Anna's <laughs> like, I'm sorry, my lady. I just am very sad and I can't stop. <laughs> so anyway, Mary tells Anna. And a scene that I actually did like. Yeah. Basically, Anna's like, it's going to be very expensive if you take me to your fancy hoo-ha doctor on right. Harley Street. <laughs> and Mary says, you've earned it. And goes off to list all of the ridiculous <laughs> shit that Anna's had to do. <laughs> Including topping it off. Well, about talking about carrying that body. Poor old Mr. Pamuk. Yeah, and laughing. And it's like, and this is the point where I realized that Downton Abbey has like officially become camp. Like it's British camp. Yeah. But it just like, this is just like, ugh. Yeah. Like it's very Valley of the Dolls, this conversation. <laughs> so they go, they see the doctor and he's like, oh, you have uh, a weak cervix. Yes. So basically her cervix can't like, bottle itself up to keep the fetus mm-hmm. in there once it gets to three or four months right so here's okay. my point yeah if anna had had miscarriages that far along mm-hmm. there's no way mary wouldn't have known about it because even like at four to eight weeks it's a whole process and it's terrible mm-hmm. and if you're miscarrying at three to four months like number one anna would actually be far more upset than she actually is yeah um and just like mary would know 
Mary yeah. would know and Bates definitely would know all. I mean, and I know she's always like, oh, I've lost my memory. You know, I didn't want to worry you. Who are you again? Like, it's just ridiculous. But um, it's funny that you know, that Anna voice is kind of like halfway between Anna and Tom Hardy on Peaky Blinders. <laughs> He's my cousin. <laughs> In Camden Town. We make the white bread. We make the brown. <laughs> hey, listen to uh, Family Meeting, our Peaky Blinders podcast, if you haven't. Yeah. It's great. And it's, and it's all caught up. It is all caught up. Um, okay, so anyway. Yeah. I do not believe that she has had two to three miscarriages at three to four months, which is essentially this doctor's diagnosis. Right. I mean, she also could have had miscarriages totally unrelated. Right, 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 right. So, you know. What I'm saying is I'd like a spinoff series called (laughs) Anna's Womb, where we only discuss Anna's reproductive situation. Wow. Not really. Anyway, so the doctor concludes that if she becomes pregnant again, to give him a call, he'll come and he'll put a stitch through her cervix. Mm -hmm. And that stitch should shore it up and make sure that she can actually carry to term. Yeah. So we'll see if that is true. Uh Uh-huh. And then, uh, generic hospital. Yeah. Uh, the battle for control of the hospital rages on, which I don't see why it is still raging. Agreed. I think that Dr. Clarkson and the Dowager have a very weak position from every, like, go ask yeah. a villager. Hey. Yeah. Well, would you rather have, uh, a head doctor who's got his ass so far up the aristocracy's, <laughs> I'm sorry, his nose so far up the aristocracy's <laughs> ass? Or do you want, like, an x-ray machine that works? Unfortunately, they can't ask any of the villagers as they are all busy blackmailing and or stealing babies. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, really nothing happened in that plot line. Except, like... like it took a good five, ten minutes of airtime of just people discussing yeah. that it's still going on. Yeah. So, that's happening. Like, all fairly enjoyable. Like, it didn't drag exactly. It's just well, that mean, nothing... Well, I had some great... Yeah. ...scenes. And, yeah. you know, she was... And an awesome hat. The costumes remain... Yeah. ...just thrillingly good. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, because I'm like, if I went to a Downton Abbey costume exhibit prior to this season, mm. and then I saw this season, I would be pissed. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, she's just like, look, it's not, like, we're not helping people. Uh-huh. Because he's like, oh, you know, I wanted you to see the ward since we repainted. And I'm like, what? That's yeah. not what, nobody's here for that, right. Dr. Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Murdy. Murdy's still trying to, you know, get a little bit of that Isabel something something. <laughs> but Isabel just keeps shutting down. Yeah. Uh, anytime that he brings up any sort of anything. Right. So um, that's, she's yeah. still opposed, but the uh, issue appears to still be, you know, in the air. So. Well, I don't under, okay, cause they're bored or whatever, right? The the board the hospital oh yeah, yeah oh yeah. I'm sorry you meant their their romantic yeah, yeah, relationship yeah, yeah. that's fine I also agree there like take a vote move on yeah but... and like what about those three non speaking people right because it's like if Lord Grantham can't decide I guess he's still because I think it was nine people yeah I don't know perhaps we will get to see the uh, you know the vote count yeah. at some point but it's just like Lord Grantham is just gumming up the works at this point yeah well so, that's generally what he does. I know. Yeah, so, um, perfectly fine episode. Yeah. I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, I did too. I, you know, and I think, uh, you know, I think some things are, you know, even the hospital thing is like pointless, but I'm enjoying it fine. I don't think it's that pointless. Okay. I 
I like it. I mean, yeah, it's, well, that's, yeah. everything's driving toward they've done everything they can to maintain this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because we were talking today about where does this all end up? Right. Well, I'm interested to see now that presumably the, you know, baby stealing aspect of all this is finally over. Like, I'm interested in Edith the rest of the season. Yeah. Like, both just is she going to move to London? How is she going to deal with this editor? Well, you've also forgotten that uh, Mary's got to have to find out. Oh. That Marigold's actually her baby, and that's going to take up probably three episodes <laughs> well, of Edith's screen time. I forgot. But you never know. Like, that's one of those things that might take up a bunch, or might they might just be like, uh, Mary's uh, surprisingly okay with it. We're moving See, on. See, again, you could resolve that conflict. Yeah. Mary could be like, you know, I still don't like you, but... <laughs> I don't dislike you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that is the end of that episode. Yep. Uh, yeah. We'll be back next week. That's right.